Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up March 9th through the 11th in Texas in the peaceful Rolling Hill Country. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio with your hosts, Jonathan and Stephen. This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're so glad to have you here with us. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and of course, I'm here with uh, my good buddy, Stephen. So, uh, Stephen, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. I like podcast day. Yeah, it's it's fun. I always like it, too. We get to talk about fun things and uh, which, you know, that's a little weird to say because when you're talking about like sexual brokenness and, <laughs> and you know, marriage is on the brink and, and all that kind of stuff. But when uh, I say fun, what I mean is there's a there's a richness to being able to bring, hopefully, words of wisdom and insight and truth, um, certainly uh, peppered with grace, then I think that's just, that's where the work of transformation occurs. Um, I do want to, uh, you know, we, we often put on the front end of our our uh, broadcasts, uh, usually a little information about our Gateway to Freedom workshops that come up. And I just want to make mention of that uh, in the program itself because, you know, we've seen um, hundreds of men over the years that have come through the Gateway to Freedom workshop. And it's our three-day intensive workshop for men who are just wanting to uh, learn how to overcome any sexual struggle or stronghold. And I'm just, I'm feeling especially uh, bold in, in, recent years to just be unapologetic about uh, promoting just how incredibly powerful that is. Now, sometimes that can feel weird. It feels like self-promotion. But the reality is, is what we see God do at those weekends, we can't take any credit for. And that's Mm. why I'm I'm so bold about letting people know about that. So if you or anybody you know, any man you know, that just needs a catalyst for the next season of living a life of sexual integrity— please let them know about the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. You can get more info at gatewaymen.com, or you can call us toll-free at 1-800-49-PURITY. And Stephen, I think the reason that I wanted to sort of make special mention of the workshop is because of the subject matter we're going to be talking about here today. It's so tied to the issue of shame and certainly the men that we see coming to these workshops, that's such an underlying thread 
this issue of shame, of this uh, sense of false identity and not understanding the truth about um, their their goodness and value being made in the image of God and that intrinsic worth that God has placed on them as somebody made in his image. But you want to kind of take a new wrinkle to this or add a new wrinkle to, to talk about something you're describing as the inner critic. So why don't you help our listeners know kind of where we're going to be going. So this, this is pure sex radio, right? Mm-hmm. And why are we talking about emotional things except that what we're learning is that men that are sexually broken are also emotionally broken. And uh, we don't, there's lots of groups and places to go and, and do a behavioral program and set your boundaries and get your filter and, and be in your group and do your check-in. But, but we're finding less and less material to train men to understand themselves. And so that maybe I stop one behavior, but it doesn't mean I have the good skills to be successful in relationships, at peace with myself, one with God, in terms of my mind feeling one with God. And so we keep trying to understand the emotional system. And what are the parts? And it's, it's interesting because these gateway to freedom workshops are like think tanks. And we keep trying to learn from the men. Every man that comes learns from us, and we learn from them. Mm-hmm. Such a God thing, you know? We're all growing. And and so I keep listening. And so the parts that we've understood so far is trust is always broken in the story. Somebody got violated. Somebody got let down. Somebody was left alone too much. The trust of being safe was broken. Somebody got used sexually. Trust is broken. So that's a piece of the story. Then identity, false identity gets picked up. I am bad. And then a shame dialogue occurs with all the failures. But God is showing us now um, the whole idea of having what we're calling this inner critic part. So that it's like, the guys can go, okay, I know what my identity is, and I'm, I'm managing the dialogue, but there's a critic inside of me that says the most terrible, disrespectful, you know, tear myself apart kind of words. And so we're calling that the inner critic. Yeah, and I would piggyback on that to just sort of set the context here where we're moving forward is – you know, this this context typically in recovery where you see this exacerbated a lot is you have guys and, and women too that are, they've got some kind of stronghold, some kind of, you know, uh, maybe addictive pattern or, or, or outlet. And when they get into recovery, Stephen, a lot of times what happens is the the message that they receive, whether it's explicit or just, you know, subliminal, is the thing that will fix everything is get your behavior straightened up, right? So we Just can, stop it. We can clearly see the behaviors that are unhealthy in your life, whether that be sexual or alcohol or drugs or you know, any right. number of things, gambling. We can see these behaviors that are out of control. So stop doing that, and it'll clean up everything else. But what we have found, right, is that you can have people that have cleaned up behavior and they're a mess emotionally that does not silence the inner critic. 
that we're talking about right. here. So then you have what I would say at best is you have a lot of confused people in recovery that they get to a point that says, wait a second, this initial messaging, whether it was told to me explicitly or I just kind of adopted it as get your behavior cleaned up and that will change everything, doesn't seem on the back end to be having the results that I was hoping for because it seems in some ways like the critic in my head is louder now than when I was able to numb it with my oh, addictive behavior. Good. Yeah. So does that make sense? So it we're makes trying a to, lot of sense. So that's what we're I... talking about is is you might actually have cleaned up behavior. You might not be acting out anymore. But the voices, the critic is still yelling at you and telling you all these things that are untrue. Yes, and think about it. If you have this critic screaming, make up a fantasy and go somewhere else, right? That's the old solution. And that's the old solution. And it distracts you well from sitting quietly with yourself. But, But when you take that away from a guy, he's like, in the sunlight, right, with no sunglasses, bright out there. He doesn't have a hat on. He's, it's like too much to live with me. So this is what a guy with a strong self-critic would say. I have a lot of self-hate. I struggle a lot against self-hate. But self-hate wins every time. That's mm-hmm. why this is a strong inner critic. And when I look at myself, I have two emotions. I'm either numb or I'm angry. Numb means I need to, I'm flat and I need some excitement, so I better create a fantasy. Angry is a lot of energy to thresh around. I don't like myself. I struggle against myself. I'm hard on myself. I don't cut myself a break. I don't cut no slack. And so just repeat that. I have a lot of self-hate. I struggle with self-hate. I'm either numb or I'm angry, and I'm hard on myself. Okay, let's wake up. Let's do it again. I have a lot of self-hate. I have a struggle of self I am hard on myself with self-hate. I only feel two things, numb or angry. Go to bed. Get up the next day. I have a Oh, my goodness, yeah. Well, and, and here's just to back up just a little bit. I want our listeners to know this is not – strictly applicable to men. We're we're unpacking, you know, uh, a man's life here who, you know, has, has, we're kind of, that's sort of the cross section that we have here. We're taking, you know, kind of peeling back the layers and this is sort of how maybe a man is addressing this, but I think there's application to all humanity in this, in terms of this inner critic idea. I think everybody on some level struggles with the inner critic, that voice that's saying these things. I have a lot of self-hate. I, you know, I struggle with self-hate. I'm, I'm numb or angry, and I, I'm hard on myself. And I think there's a lot to unpack even in that because, um, you know, you're a counselor. So I think a lot, of peop- a lot of the expectations that people have of you is they want you to give them the answers of all the origins of this, right? Mm. And how do you, and, and again, even that is almost an exploration of saying, if I can just get the right formula, if I can just get to the right, you know, um, destination, then all this will change. Well, that's not a whole lot of different thinking from just, if I can get behaviors all cleaned up, then that'll all be better. So how would you help this person to begin to process just the reality that this might be where they are, that I, I you know, I've got a lot of self-hate, <laughs> I struggle with it, I'm hard on myself. 
how would you begin to formulate a direction for them when they probably are looking to you and saying, just give me the answer in terms of number one, where did this all start? And number two, what's the pill I need to take to, to just, you know, get rid of all of it? So I got to tell a story. Okay. I'm listening to the speaker. His name is Landon Saunders. This was 30 years ago or something. And he tells this story. He said, I'm talking in a church about people and about love. And after the talk is over, this 80-year-old woman comes up and says, you're the first person that ever said I was supposed to love myself. Hmm. I have been told all my life I should hate myself because of my flesh and my bad decisions. I should hate myself. And this is the first day anyone told me I'm 80 years old. Mm. It is okay to have some love in me, not just hate in me. And I think to myself, wow, what have we been saying, you know? You know, the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? And Jesus, what did he do when he got tired? He went to the mountain and prayed, took care of himself. I mean, it's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to not have a terrible battle within and then die. It's okay to to know forgiveness and grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. But we struggle. So the first thing you do is you recognize, man, I've got a terrible inner critic, and it's me. I'm tearing me up. Now, I want to tell you something that I told Jonathan. Um, everybody says it's a devil. You feel sad, it's the devil. You're mad, it's the devil. It's bad, it's the devil. Everything's a devil. And it's like, I don't think the devil's that big and powerful to do everything that everybody gives him credit for. <laughs> I think God is very powerful. I think the devil pecks on wherever he can get in a crack and weasel in, whenever he can whisper some stuff. And I think... Evil will become your critic's best friend. Mm-hmm. And they, both of them, you will tear you up and evil will tear you up. But God will never tear you up. And he never wants you to run this program. Isn't that who he is? It's not why he gave you the Holy Spirit inside? Because he wants you to do more self-destruction? No, no, no. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of peace. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants inside you. And that's what I would say in relationship to that is it's it, it, for those out there who are continually trying to find out just the origins of all of this, are continually trying to find out quote unquote the answer. Like like it's going to be some kind of singular, simple, you know, non complex reality. It's like man, look at your life. There's complexity to your life and your relationships and your history and all those kinds of things. For those out there who are trying to look for that singular origin answer, I, I want to put it into two major categories as it relates to this these the voice we're talking about. There is either the voice of truth, and we'll call that the voice of God, mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Okay, that's it. So regardless of what you put in that not category, whether it's me or the devil or my parents or what, I don't care. I'm not as interested in getting down to the nuts and bolts of every minutia of the origin of that. Let's just recognize that when you are when you are having thoughts such as I hate myself, I I'm beating myself up. I'm not worth loving. 
you know those are in the not from God category. Right. So that's why I think when you use the word evil, it attaches to that. Yeah. Because that there is an evil component to that, meaning the that is not God. That's not, right. Not God is evil. So if you are if you are continually spinning this thought in your mind that is saying I'm not worthy of love, there is an evil component to that because mm. God actually says you're worth the life of my only son. That was my deepest and highest expression of love. Mm. How could you not be worth loving? Mm. And so, but I want to play back to I didn't answer your question, but and I do now. Why does this exist? Because I've done it all my life since I was little. I said, oh, oh, your room's not clean. Your dad's mad and yelling. Oh, you're so stupid. Why can't you clean your room? Right? I've done it all my life. It is designed to punish me to make me better. Hmm. It, right? That's why we say these things. Oh, don't, don't be stupid. Well, I hear I'm stupid, but it, the goal is don't be stupid. Don't be a mess. Why do you screw up? Stop screwing up. That's what that critic is. It's trying to help you be better, but it's unmerciful. Yeah. It's unrelenting. It is a habit from childhood, right? And we think it makes us better, but it creates turmoil and destruction. And when you're saying that, I'm thinking... Uh, the thing that came into my mind was there's just these two fundamentally different paradigms from which these voices can can speak to us. And the, and the one, the inner critic paradigm, is very much a fear-based yes. paradigm. Broken, so like you, fearful, yes. So like when you're saying that, I'm realizing that that's what happens to a lot of people then when they get into recovery. Okay, here's the way that I'm going to become this, you know, vibrant, thriving, pure person is I'm just going to I'm just going to scare myself from all these consequences out <laughs> there. Good. I'm going to snap rubber bands on my wrist. I'm going to associate pain with my sexuality. I'm going to do all these things to just scare the daylights out of me. Uh, you know, it's that yeah. idea of uh, when people say punish me to end up good. Exactly. Gonna, keep going. What were you thinking? The other voice, which is the God truth voice, is a love and a grace-based paradigm. Right. This paradigm that says, Stephen, listen, mm. we're not going to ignore or dismiss every single circumstance that has occurred in your life. We're not diminishing the reality of maybe pain that's happened to you, wounds that have happened, poor decisions you've made. All of that is true in your life but they have no bearing on your intrinsic value as a human being made in the image of God. Mm. So what that's, do I say now? That's a different voice. Well, listen to this. So let's try this out in your two models. Because one model says, I've made stupid decisions in my life. You know, I made poor choices. And I try not to be bad, but I keep screwing up. Don't you know who I am? I can't forgive myself. You, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I've been. You don't know the scars I've left on other people's lives, mm. treating them the way I've treated them. Don't you know who I am? Yeah, so I think then in the fear-based model, that would essentially say, you know, beat yourself up harder <laughs> In order to prevent you from going back to Are you back listening to, to this, people? Are you listening to what he's saying? 
Beat yourself up more so you can be better. Punish yourself. Torment yourself. Waste time all day long turning on yourself. Do more criticism. Did you hear that? Keep going. That was good. Yeah, and then I think the grace-based model or the love-based model is recognizing the immediate thought I had was think about uh, from a dad perspective. Now, even in our absolutely imperfect, broken, fleshly, worldly fatherness (laughs) or fatherhood, we recognize that when our kids are a mess, are absolutely a mess— and I say, I'm so stupid. Dad, I'm so stupid. They, you know what I did, Dad? And that they have I'm actually, stupid. what I'm saying is, and, and they, they've actually made mistakes, willful. They have actually disobeyed. They've actually done these things. From a, even a human fatherly perspective, if we're a good dad, guess what we're going to do? We're going to say, I love you. Let's learn from that. Yes, what are you going to tell me about my identity? I am stupid, Dad. I did it again. I'm so stupid. Do you hear me? A grace-based model says you did a stupid thing. It does not make you stupid and worthless. Your your actions are not who you are. Mm. Your actions are what you did Mm. or the things that were done to you. Who you are. But you're saying I I don't have to tell myself I'm stupid all day? Ten times after I make a mistake, I don't have to say that? Of course not. And and Stephen, you and I both know this is why it's such a hard journey for those who have played these things over and over and over again. Because for one thing, in our world, grace doesn't make sense. Grace is not the normal operating Mm. procedure for life. Listen, you did something stupid, you need to be punished. Now... That being said, let me give a little sidebar here. I am not saying that there are not natural consequences for the sin that we do, nor am I saying that there should not be laws and things like that in terms of you know consequences to that. But even within that system, recognizing that there needs to be consequences for um, you know when people violate somebody else, when they have you know broken the law, those kinds of things. Even within that, there is still intrinsic value because that's a human being. Mm. Every human being is made in the image of God. But even like a drunk that tries to not get drunk today and gets drunk, you're saying in the grace model? They they have unchanging worth. Now, this is hard for some people because, you know, the immediate example that everybody wants to bring up is Hitler, Right. They want to bring up Hitler because it's like, I don't wait know. a second. I never thought of that. It's like, Go wait a right second. Now. How can you what? say that you know every human being has intrinsic value? Hitler seemed to be evil incarnate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to inner critic. What can the outcomes be when we begin to engage in perpetual obsess- obsessive thought on what is untrue and false? That can lead. We talked about evil, right? Right. What does evil do? What, was, what were the thoughts that had to spin in Hitler's mind over and over and over and over again about his worth and other people's worth? Right. So I'm not saying that this can't lead to evil, but I don't want us to miss the idea in terms of the intrinsic worth that's still present in a human being's life. Mm. I'm not saying that that... Um, we what know, they did is different than who they are, how they're made, right? Exactly. Here's the thing. I do believe when he says here that he was, that he's got two emotions, numb or angry, I do believe that the inner critic can so sear our conscience 
that then our ability to, to distinguish right and wrong virtually vanishes mm. to where then evil can reign in that person's life like it did with Hitler. Well, and I might tweak that slightly to say, if I don't do something with the inner critic... Yeah, there's going to be trouble. Then, then what you said is yeah, it true. It's to going to lead. I don't know what to do with this tormentor inside me. Mm-hmm. So I got to go numb or angry, right? That can then create that. If you let that torment go and create a world, an inner world of bitterness and anger and revenge and all that, I mean, then you can look at what you're saying. Yeah, and I, and that's just it. One of the things that we know is that inner, the inner critic can certainly drive behavior, right? Right. Because what happens if you perpetually are telling yourself that you are worthless? How do you think you're going to actually behave? Right. Are you going to behave as somebody who is cherished and a beloved child of God and mm-hmm. one who has intrinsic value? No, no, no. You're probably going to do behaviors that continue to uh, reinforce that yes. inner critic's voice of you're worthless. And I'm trying to make this little distinction about my spirit that God gave me. My spirit is separate from the history and the language of failure, mm-hmm. right? And my spirit knows to go to God or bond with the Holy Spirit, right? Or I can numb out and and not pay attention to it. And that's what most of us have, have done. We haven't paid attention, Right? Because you're saying, guess what? Take your spirit and go find the Father. When the critic comes up in you, which is a collection of stories and lies and pain, and says, don't you remember all the bad? Don't you want to go back into the little museum we have Mm -hmm. of all the pain and broken? Don't you want to go back in there and remember your identity? Then your spirit can say, no, not today. I'm going to sing a worship song. I'm going to go outside and look at beauty. I can do something else besides letting that critic part of me, right? I still have a spirit that longs and hungers. And that's why I think it's important that we speak words of truth to each other and over each other. Because sometimes, wouldn't you agree that there maybe have been times and maybe even seasons in your life where you didn't necessarily have it within you, the willpower to fully embrace and, and believe the truth. Right. But maybe you had some men that came alongside of you and said, Stephen, you know, listen, you got a cloud going, there's a fog going on in your head, but I'm going to tell you the truth, that you are a worthy man of God. Yeah. And my spirit, and, yeah. who wants to jump to, the, to that? Yeah. Right? So that's why I think it's important that if we have listeners out there that are spinning these Untruth. There's that their inner critic is just slamming them. Reach out to us. Mm. If you don't have this, if you don't feel the strength yourself to be able to speak these things into your life or or combat that inner critic, man, let some others in to be able to sort of prop you up for a while, help you kind of gain mm. some strength on the journey for that. And think about this: if your spirit is told. You're a failing loser that should hate hate themselves, right? That lady, and her spirit believed that was her true identity. And when somebody else said something better, her spirit said, oh, no, this is truer than that. Right. If that makes sense. 
Right. So, so with our last couple of minutes, oh, I want to... we ran out of time. Well, no, what I want to do is I, w- I want you to make your point, but then I also want to help s- just kind of think of how can we direct people from here in terms of kind of next steps on being able to maybe start silencing this inner critic. Well, one, one, start to call it your inner critic. Give it a label and start adding to it all the comments that you hear and start writing them down. Start owning it. Start facing it. Let your spirit say, know who you are. And now I'm going to go talk to the Father about the truth, right? But journal, write, describe, label, go inside. Most people think they can't know themselves. Mm. Stop it. You can. Yeah. There we go again. Stop it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds like a behavioral. Stop the lie is what I'm saying. But here's the thing. We don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? I mean, it's like stopping thoughts and stopping behavior that's is true. still good stopping bad thoughts it's not right. the comprehensive yeah you know way to do things but it's a starting point just you just stop what you're doing and i would say the same thing to me it's all about redirection it's like if you can begin to allow yourself to be trained in such a way that your inner critic becomes a trigger for redirection Usually what happens is the inner critic becomes a a point at which now I'm just going to get focused on the inner critic. And lost in it, yes. But if you start recognizing that voice of the inner critic, then you can recognize it and go, wait a second, this is a trigger for me to replace and redirect with some other kind of thought, some other kind of behavior, so that I can redirect to the things that are good. That's good. Well, listeners, uh, we hope this has been helpful. If you would like more resources, more help, please uh, visit us at puresexradio.com or follow us on Twitter at puresexradio. And if these are some things that you're struggling with, if these are thoughts you have been having, please reach out to us. We want to be able to help you. We want to be able to speak truth into your life and help you move forward and break free from these kinds of lies. We are glad you've been with us, and we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Thanks. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.